ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. Welcome in. Hoist the colors on this Friday, February 23rd edition of HTC on 94.3 The Game. It is going to be an exciting show. We've got ECU basketball. We've got ECU baseball to discuss. Huge weekend ahead. The Pirates, of course, taking on the Tar Heels. And also in basketball, heading to Rice, going for four in a row. Can ECU get it done? We'll break that down and a whole lot more. Over the next hour, we're going to talk NASCAR. We're having our weekly NASCAR segment. And Joey Football, Joe Sampson, is in the 94.3 The Game studios on this Friday morning as we live stream at 10.30. We also got the uh, the broadcast coming up at 12 noon on radio. But Joey Football, sources tell me, may have a shoe to eat. And I'm not in the studio, so I cannot confirm, Joe. But uh, is this is this the case? Is this true? This is the case. I do have to say happy Trey Day to all who celebrate. Trey Savage taking the bump tonight, obviously, in a huge series, and we'll get to that. I can confirm there are there is a shoe to be eaten in the studio, and I today will live up to my namesake, and that is Joey Football, talking football, eating a shoe because I bet on something outside of football. You can never bet against Little John is the Yeah, that, that was the, the uh, moral uh, the to the story, here, right? Yep. Thanks, Roger Goodell. So we'll have that coming. We'll mix that in. We also got EA Sports College Football to discuss, which I know, Joe, you're fired up about. I mean, who isn't fired up about EA Sports College Football? Uh, I feel like everybody in our age bracket and beyond has played that game growing up. So we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Joe, let's lead with ECU baseball. So as we record this at 10.32 a.m. Eastern, the game is still scheduled for 5 p.m. tonight. You will see There's rain in the forecast. We'll see if anything changes. Of course, the traveling series versus North Carolina. This uh, We'll start with ECU baseball. This is a huge early season series, a big deal for ECU, uh, a big deal for both fan bases, and really looking forward to this weekend. What's kind of your early thoughts on just this matchup in general before we dive into maybe some of the specifics? The early thoughts are it's very rare to say it, but I think the loss to Campbell was great for the Pirates. I think given them that chance to come from behind and, and force the bats to get hot and get into a rally as opposed to trying to lead. And I mean, I'm going to be honest, the Ryder series was boring baseball. Yeah, there was a lot of runs. Yeah, there was some offense, but it wasn't streaky. It was a single here, another single here. It wasn't the pirate baseball we know. And then seeing the squeeze play with Chrisman and those instances and seeing Carter smack that double that kind of gave him the lead before Campbell took it back going in, I think, to the seventh or the eighth. That's what ECU baseball needs to be this season, and I think it was very telling for them to get that opportunity that this team has what it takes. We saw last year it took a couple series for them to kind of find their their rhythm playing from behind. The pitchers didn't really know how to pitch from behind either, and they controlled the count really well. Yes, Campbell's a very good team. They moved up in RPI, which is a very rare thing when you lose, especially on the road. So I'm excited to see how they handle UNC. It's going to be a big challenge. UNC's picked to finish pretty high in the ACC, if not win the whole thing based on some of the projections. So this is a good testing series. And from what I've heard, just talking with people in the industry, UNC, very offensive club, got a ton of big bats. Uh, Van Tony Kelt, we know. Obviously, they have a lot more than that, but he's kind of the headliner, most talented guy. 
they're going to be able to, I think, score some runs now that the problem for UNC is they lost their Friday night guy to injury before the start of the season. That's kind of had forced them really to reshuffle mm -hmm. much of their pitching staff. The bullpen's still pretty strong, but they are starting two true freshmen this weekend along with a guy who was more of a bullpen arm last year. So I think, Joe, the, the starting pitching advantage on paper at least favors ECU heavily. Now, of course, UNC has talent. I mean, in North Carolina, they recruit top 25 recruiting classes every year. So it's not like these guys are chopped liver going out there. But from an experience standpoint in a big series, how much do you think the starting pitching experience especially can, can make a difference for East Carolina? I think starting pitching is going to be – the deciding factor. If Trey Savage can go out there and give you 5.2 innings or, or one of those kind of instances where he can get you to the six, pass the baton so that you can take some of the brunt off of the bullpen. And especially this early in the season, you've got guys who came out. I mean, when we threw on Tuesday, you saw one come out of the pen and throw two innings. One came out of the pen for two batters because of a jam set. You need to have some consistency so you can start to establish these roles for these guys. And obviously Shankman came in and he did a great job kind of carrying the baton and being a little bit more of an extended reliever as opposed to a true starter. But UNC is going the opposite way. They're kind of throwing two openers. We're not really sure if they're going to go more than two or three innings for these true freshmen. They're untested as far as that goes. But I don't doubt Coach Forbes' program by any means. They always finish pretty close to the top of the ACC or knocking on the door to the Super Regionals. So it'll be an interesting test to see how the starting pitching plays out versus these openers and how the freshness of the arms plays into it. The starting pitching matchups here, as I bring it up on my computer, Trey Savage versus Folger-Boaz Folger on Friday, left-hand freshman. Saturday, Zach Root will go for ECU against uh, Ben Peterson, who was more of the bullpen guy last year, has shifted into the starting rotation to begin mm -hmm. this season. And then Sunday, scheduled Jake Hunter to go against freshman right-hander Olin Johnson. So there are your starting pitching matchups, and of course a lot. That will transpire after those guys leave the game. Uh, last year, I think both games, all three games, uh, actually, as they the midweek game late in the year came down to the end. And much like yeah. the Campbell series, I think this will be similar. Uh, Philip, I asked Joe this. Uh, Philip Pilkington behind the glass today. You know, for I don't know, like baseball has kind of gone away, especially at the major league level. Like starting pitching is important, but it's not the end all be all. What about a series like this? Do you feel like it? It makes a bigger difference. ECU may be having an advantage there early in the season. You know, it's weird because now when you talk about early in the season, guys don't tend to or managers do not tend to let their starters throw as deep. However, I think due to the lack of bullpen depth throughout all of college baseball, and not that we don't have four or five guys that I trust, but it's not like any bullpen has eight or nine guys you trust consistently. So I think it does play a huge factor. However, when you come into these close games, your high-leverage guys need to be better than their high-leverage guys because at the end of the day, somebody's going to inherit two base runners and one out in the 6th, 7th, or 8th inning at some point throughout the series. It's going to happen to both teams. And whatever guy can get out of that jam is going to win his team that game. So I think your high-leverage guy might be a little more important than that starting pitching because I still think a lot of these guys are on an 80-85 to 85 pitch count with it only being week two. Now, if we had the series in May... I might have a slightly different answer for you, but at the end of the day, you've got to be able to get out of those jams. Fair points. By the way, uh, if you're watching our stream, what's up with the new camera angle? New producer cam. I, yeah, I, I was about to say. I well, like it, man. Uh, new look, but I, I think I dig it. So Michael made it this way for Henry's show this morning, 
and this is I just was too lazy to move it. I like it. The only problem is when we move it out there, if you've got an in-show guest, I've, we've got to move the legs. Like it's way higher than it normally is. So yeah, it's, it's bringing extra nonsense work for a slightly better angle. I would rather just have it over here. That way, I don't have to. Those legs are a little wonky on that tripod. So. <laughs> Yeah, y'all also have way too many bulletins uh, attached to the bulletin board back there. Y'all don't, need to, don't, don't get, we can't touch it. Don't get us that's started. That's not y'all. That's that's Mike. Yeah, no, no. Don't get us started. We we have had that conversation. Michael, what are we doing, brother? About changing it up a little bit, maybe going to a different system. No, the just, bulletin just no. board stays. Don't touch his bulletin board. Don't leave the lights on. Don't uh, touch so, the bulletin board. And don't mess with his calendar with his remote schedule. Oh, do not touch the calendar. That is that is fair. Um, all right, so do do we want to make a prediction for the series? Do we? I don't know. Like I feel like predicting baseball is next to impossible. Am well, I, I mean, wrong there? I I agree it's next to impossible. But hey, we're hanging out. We got an hour. Why not? Let's do it. If fun. I could predict baseball correctly, Lord knows I'd be in Vegas right now. So yeah, I mean, I I I don't think I'd ever bet on on baseball uh, unless I felt really confident, just because of. Uh, the un the, the randomness of baseball in general. Uh, what is it? March eleventh. We can we can officially do it. I was about to say March twelfth. Whatever spring training game lines up, I'm betting a no run in the first inning. I got to take it. Yeah, Speaking of I spring mean, training, what a crap start yesterday to spring training. I mean, the Dodgers yeah, put up an game. eight spot. Yeah, I know. I wanted a close game. Well, did you eight see the, nothing at the top of the first? The Padres had 150 people in the freaking dugout. I know. Still, I don't know. I was I was looking for some more excitement. Sorry to cut you off. I continue. This is your show. My bad. No, I was excited, and I turned on the, the just to watch some baseball, just to hear the sound of the wood bat, and I turned it on. And it was like, yeah, ten to one or whatever. It's like, okay, well, I'll find something else to do. That's its own problem because of Boris too, and the Boris four that are currently grinding everything to Chilling. a halt. But that's its own problem. That's a whole nother show. Yeah, and we're gonna have an MLB preview show. Whether the people listening like it or not, now this is Hoist the Colors. I know this is ECU centric, but I love Major League Baseball, and we're going to have a show just so I can talk about the Mariners, just so Joe can talk about the Yankees, yeah, and we'll just, just so Philip can talk about how bad the Red Sox. We'll are mix it. In, we'll mix in plenty of prospects. There's so many around now. There's like two in the Yankee system alone. You got Norbs. You got Agnos. You got Mayu over in the Angels system. You got Wisenhunt over in the Giant system. There's there's a lot of places. I mean, Burleson's actually in Major League Camp right now with the Cardinals. There's so many places to go with this. Big Gav doing his thing with the Guardians. Big Gav. So, the Big Donkey. Uh, big Donkey. The Donkey. Not quite the Big Moose like Hampton Urkel. But, no. Uh, Shout he's, out uh, he's, he's on his way. Um <laughs> All right, so let's do it. Let's do a prediction, guys. Uh, who wants to go first? We're not tracking this. Philip won the NFL college pick em. You know, congrats to him. We're not going to track college baseball pick em, But I thought that's what the NASCAR was the, for. We're tracking NASCAR. Are we doing NASCAR pick em? We can, but that's going to be hard to track because like, yeah, one person's I mean, going to end up with two points and everybody else is going to end up with one by the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to almost pick like five drivers and rank them, and then you get a certain amount of points if you win. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll come up with this off the air, maybe for later <laughs> in the year. All right, Joe, what do yeah. you got? UNC, ECU, can the Pirates win the series? Yeah, I have ECU winning the series, but I think it comes down to a rubber match. I think the matchup is definitely there for the Pirates tonight. I think it's a good opportunity for them to be aggressive, go into their approach and take that first strike, and then really kind of hammer the pitcher. You know, these UNC pitchers against Wagner this last series weren't very – Weren't very dialed in is the best way to put it. They're a little wild. They're a little erratic as far as some of their 
uh, chucks go, because I'm not even going to call them pitches. A couple of them weren't really in the zone to begin with. So if you can sit in, be patient, take your pitch and attack it, jump on them early. The problem is when we get to game two, I'm not doubting Root. Root's been a great kind of future ace is the best way to kind of categorize it, I think. The problem is that bullpen arm that now has transferred into this kind of opener, early starter kind of thing. He was nasty last year. He diced us up in more than one instance. I think he came out of the pen that first game we played him in like the seventh, shut the door. And then the second game, I remember him in a high-pressure situation shutting the door also. So he knows how to pitch, which is why I think it comes down to the rubber match of who's going to kind of take the ball in game three for the Pirates and kind of handle everything in that right way so they can come out and continue to attack them in that approach because ECU playing more small ball than UNC does. You might get more runners on base with opportunities for RBIs. Philip, what you got? You know, the, I'm kind of torn with this one. It's it's weird. It's almost like one of those things where gut feeling is ECU won the series last year, so Carolina's going to win it this year. It's kind of the fandom in me thought. But when you look at it, I think there's still a lot of questions to be answered about this UNC rotation. I still think they're trying to figure it out with some of those injuries they suffered early in spring, which could hurt them. But, again, like I was saying earlier, I still think our guys are going to be on a pitch count to an extent because it's only week two. One of the things that I like that favors the Pirates is we got battle-tested on Tuesday. I think a lot of big reason the Pirates lost Tuesday is because Campbell had been battle-tested against UC Santa Barbara. Carolina's not been battle-tested yet. I think if this is a close game on Friday, well, today's Friday, so today, um, give the give the edge to East Carolina. But to Joe's point, I think it does come down to a rubber match. It's going to be tight. Like I said, I think ECU's the better team. I really do. I think there's more depth. We don't have a star like Vance Honeycutt, but at the end of the day, it's baseball, not basketball. So I think I've got to give the edge to ECU, but also, like I said, kind of weird gut feeling. We took the series last year. Feels like they're going to take it this year kind of thing just because when you have two teams that are this tightly matched – that play this often, that respect each other this much. Um, now, obviously, there's some people probably already blowing up the comments saying, well, if that was the case, we would have beat Campbell on Saturday or on Tuesday. So I guess there is that thought process behind it. But I- I'm going to give the slight edge to the Pirates. Man, Philip, you really talk yourself through that. I, was in- <laughs> I didn't know who I was <laughs> going to pick. That was like, like you with picking a Bronco game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I hear it. Uh, and I was going to like follow the same path, and I think I would eventually land on ECU taking two out of three because of the pitching matchup. But you know what? I'm going to reverse voodoo here. If we all pick ECU to win the series, the Tar Heels will definitely win the series. Uh, so I'm going to go UNC wins two out of three. There's a player on the team who calls me the bad guy in the media. Uh, so I'm going to continue that trend and uh, pick against the Pirates just, just so I can provide that extra motivation I do think, though, you know, that, that I think UNC offensively has the advantage. I think ECU on the mound has the advantage, definitely starting-wise. I think bullpens are both pretty even. The key for me is defensively. Mm-hmm. ECU has got to play clean defense, and obviously they can't walk guys. UNC walks a ton at the plate. They're very patient. So you got to throw a strike one, and you got to play clean defense. If ECU does that, they can definitely win this series. And uh, it would be a big early season series win. All right, let's get a break in, guys. We'll come back. We'll talk hoops. we got a really long interview to play with Mike Schwartz. Uh, Joe, Joey Football was there. Uh, we'll play that. We'll talk also EA Sports, college football, 25. ECU is indeed in the game. 
and we'll talk about what team do we want to build a dynasty with. We'll discuss that as we head into a new era of EA Sports College football on the other side. This is Hoisted Colors on a Friday. This is ECU head football coach Mike Houston, and you're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the Colors on this Friday, February 23rd edition of the program. Joy Football back in the studio. Philip Pilkington producing in the studio as well. We just previewed a big weekend for East Carolina baseball. Uh, William Landon on YouTube checks in and says, Happy Friday, boys. Big weekend for ECU Athletics. Thanks for tuning in early to the stream, William. And again, we're going early just because if the game is played, we just made our prediction, so of course they'll probably cancel Friday's game right after we're done with the show. Uh, but uh, we made our predictions. ECU, will they take the series at UNC? Philip and Joe say yes. I said no. More so for some little voodoo action, reverse jinx. I don't want to go full ECU picks. All right. Joey Football was at the uh, Mike Schwartz press conference yesterday ahead of the Rice basketball game. And, uh, of course, the Pirates play the, the Owls 2 p.m. on Saturday, same time as ECU tipping off versus uh, – or throwing out the first pitch, excuse me, versus UNC in Fayetteville. And uh, a lot to talk about. ECU's won three in a row, ton of momentum. And uh, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and play that interview because it's really long. Here's uh, our, <laughs> our conversation with Mike Schwartz ahead of uh, Saturday's game. Uh, getting ready to uh, head to Houston to play Rice. Uh, I think this league said a lot last night when you see some of the results, and I think we're getting ready to play a team that, uh, quite honestly, I think is playing as good as anybody in the conference right now in Rice. I look at them over their last six games, and they could very easily uh, be have five wins out of six games. Uh, they have two losses, one in overtime, one in a late possession game. And they won two games, and then last night, obviously, a very, very impressive win. So I think this team is playing as good as any team in the league right now. What's your guys' mindset going into Rice since the team has won the last three conference games? Yeah, really just kind of, you know, that's you know, just the game is Saturday. The game is Saturday at 1 o'clock in, you know, the central time in terms of that's the game where we're preparing for. And what we've done coming into this, uh, really, it's kind of irrelevant going into this game. Touched a little bit on it as far as the overtime games, the one possession losses like that for them. Does that kind of change your mindset in practice considering hey guys been scoring the ball lately as far as defense goes? Uh, no, I, again, I know I, I have so much respect for Rice and Coach Scott Perra. I've known him for a long time. I know what kind of great job they do there. And again, I just think they're really hitting their stride in terms of how well they're playing. Last night, they scored 90 plus points. I think last night's win at UAB is as good of a win as anyone has in this conference to go on the road and in a team that's basically in the top four of this conference and to win handily the way they did. So. Uh, the, the preparation is always we, we need to play good defense to even give ourselves a chance on Saturday. Uh, but just Rice is a really good team. And that's it. One minute, 32 seconds with Mike Schwartz ahead of the Rice contest. They're traveling out today, I believe. And uh, Joey Football, you were there. First I off, was. credit to you. <laughs> credit to you for asking a question. Hey. Uh, there were. There were media members, I think, in attendance that did not ask anything. Uh, 11.30, they did this right before our show on Thursday. So, you know, I, I try to make it over there. A little tight deadline. Philip and I would be over there. But um, you represented 94 through the game. You asked a question. But, man, what happened? I mean, that's got to be the shortest presser we've ever had of Schwartz. Did he just, like, look around and, like, say anything at the end? 
No, he, he didn't look around and say anything in the end. And you could kind of tell that with three people, he was only kind of taking so many questions because we didn't even get the normal Grady anything else. And he's like, all right, thanks, coach. Like it was, all right. And then he like answered and then he was mic off, walked off. And I was like, okay, that's going to do it. Yeah. Uh, clearly they're focused internally on everything that needs to happen. This is a huge momentum shift going into what could be, you know, conference tournament seating. This could be a difference between finishing in the top half of the league or the bottom half of the league based on how this next stretch of games go. Maybe they don't want to listen to the outside noise, to the bad man over there on the other side of the screen. Who knows? But two questions, Joe. Is this is this a media is this a media failure on our part or is this a uh, or are they truly that locked in or is it a combination of both? You know, you gotta develop and I'm in a new stage of this career. Joey football. Joey Hoops is a new moniker. We're testing it out, kind of trying to develop it. We're in the minors right now in AAA, trying to get that big league shot, trying to get a moment where we can say, okay, we put together three of four one night, went two of five the other night, and then went one of four. So we're trying to get some consistency into that realm. You know, ask him a decent question. He was clearly a little backpedaled by it. Maybe he didn't understand my question about the fact they had 90 points against Birmingham the other night, and this is a team that they're about to face that, you know, UNC, I don't know if they've scored 90 in the last two years. And this is going to be a very different game for them. It's going to be more like a shootout at UTSA. And I was trying to get them to open up a little bit on that. But a lot of respect for Rice, obviously. A lot of respect for Rice. A lot of, a lot respect. of respect for Joey Football. A lot of respect uh, no for respect to Kaysen Ramayli, who uh, was supposed to be there yet again, did not show up. Uh, we'll give him we crap again. Donde esta, Kaysen? <laughs> yeah, 100%. He texted me last night at 3 a.m. I was up feeding my kid. Uh, my 11-month-old daughter was up. And uh, he was, like, making graphics for his new venture, Carolina Curveball, uh, which he has started covering baseball in the Carolinas. Cool cool thing. We'll give him a shout-out next time he's on the show for that. But I'm like, bro, get some sleep so you can wake up at a normal time. Um, Philip, how would you grade Joey Football's performance uh, on Thursday? What do you make of this this press conference? He passed because he at least asked something. But the fact that you know, normally I'm cool with one Joey football question because, again, he's still new to this media realm. But I did expect him to step up when nobody else really was there and, and go above and beyond. And he let me down. So I'm going to give him a C-. minus. That's fair. Uh, slightly below average. I think you would have got a B- minus if you'd asked two questions. If you asked three, I would have given you an A. But um, – you passed, Joey. You passed. That's fair. C's good degrees, baby. Look, yeah. and I've been in those moments, Joey, even as a veteran reporter now, where, like, you expect somebody else to ask a question after you're done asking a question, and then that gives you the time to, like, come up with your next question. And then by the time that even happens, the coach is gone. So, like, this is a process. This is a learning experience. You will benefit from being in this moment. And uh, look, you were in a tough spot, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put you down for that. It's just, look, you, you gotta learn, you gotta grow. Yeah, gotta go. Went back, watch the tape, see where we can improve. Had some things we gotta change on. We'll get into this with NCAA 25. How I will run my dynasty. How this team will take its shape. It starts with the coach, and that's that's what I gotta do. I gotta be a better representation of my future NCAA 25 program. <laughs> there you go. All right. ECU basketball at Rice. Let's talk about the game a little bit, guys. Mm -hmm. How about Rice scoring? You, you, I mean, you mentioned it. Ninety-four points yeah. at UAB, just crushing UAB really out of nowhere. And uh, 
I have no idea what to expect from this game now. The weird thing is Rice has been better away from home this year than mm-hmm. at home. And I talked about it yesterday or on Wednesday's show. This is a critical game for ECU. You went four in a row, and then you, you get some time off before hosting Memphis. You could have a gigantic moment, gigantic crowd for that game. So this is a critical game. will not be easy. What do you make of this game uh, for ECU going to Saturday? This is – you don't want to say it's the must win, but this is the must win if you want to finish in the top half of the league, if you want to set yourself up for a run in the conference tournament, if you're even half thinking about running the table to get a tournament bid, this is where it starts. Rice is a team that, yes, statistically is much better than what their record dictates, but you can't treat them in any different way than what you've treated the last couple opponents. Stick to your game plan, play stifling defense, smother them in the zone sets, get them in the backcourt with Bobby and K1 and Cam kind of playing in tandem in the back half. Even if you go for RJ in his kind of, it's weird how he plays the space without his length, but him and Walker really do play that two spot really well. It's going to be interesting to see how Rice handles that. UAB didn't have a ton of long guys as far as what they showed when they played and went into that overtime game where they scored the 94. They were just kind of there playing a little zone set, playing some man, no hand checks. So it's going to be very interesting to see how ECU responds to that. If Felton puts up 24 shots, how many can he score out of that? Johnson's got to have 20. If you want a chance to win this game on the road, Johnson's got to have 20. Johnson and Felton have combined for 41 or more points in each of the last three games. ECU has won each of those games by double digits. So clearly they are vital to the team's success. Phillip, who is, who's going to be favored Saturday? ECU or Rice? ECU on the road, Rice up and down. If you, if you were in Vegas, which of course we know that you're, you're a regular there, uh, what would you, how would you place this line? This has got to be one of the more interesting lines of the season, I feel like. I think all lines in the American this year are a little <laughs> This is true. But um, I think ECU has found an identity over the last two weeks. I think Rice, although dangerous, is not as consistent as ECU. And I think due to that and the fact that ECU really has looked just as good on the road as at home, I don't think you really get caught up in home away when it comes to this Pirate Club. I'm going to go and say the Pirates are favored by two possessions. This is like a four-and-a-half-point spread, if I had to guess. But I've been shocked by spreads this year when it comes to Pirate basketball. So, really, what do I know? Nothing. But um, I'm going to go three-and-a-half, four, four-and-a-half, somewhere in there in favor of the Pirates, just due to the lack of consistency of Rice. Casey Romaley in the comments section says, Rice is terrible. Give me the Pirates laying 12 on the road. He says, Pirates minus 11 and a half. Wait, wait. Kaysen's awake? Kaysen, you're awake now yeah, at 11 to t- do our live Bro, where, where video you stream? yesterday? Yeah. What the heck, dude? Left you me had hanging, one Case. job. You had one job, Kaysen. To one be job. fair, I think Kaysen has like four jobs, so. He had one job yesterday. Kaysen, by the way, did ask Cliff Goblin two questions after EC lost at Campbell. There we uh, go. That, I was shocked by that. That's so he's inconsistent like Rice. Some days he shows up and gives you an A plus performance. Hey, Other days he gives you an F. He can't give us a C. Come on, Casey. you you were with me in the trenches when we were asking Coach Houston the losing questions the same way. I go, you know, when the moment comes, you just gotta step up. I'm just not there for basketball yet. I mean, Joey football. It was just me and you basically on press conference day. Basically, um, after during a two and ten season. So I do appreciate that, and Philip as well. Uh, the right side of that room in town, Tower got it done. 
Yes, we All did. right, <laughs> let's uh, let's. I'll tell you what. Let's get a break in, and then we got uh, we got EA Sports to talk about college football. We got NASCAR. We got Joey's shoe. Is your shoe ready to be eaten? Yeah, Joe? it's ready. I'm ready to go. All right, we will lead with that on the other side because I'm not sure how long this is going to take. And I don't even know what the situation is. Is Joe going to eat an actual shoe? Is he going to come up with some BS way to, uh, to to eat something that's not a shoe, but he says it's a shoe? We'll find out. He's got to pay up for his crappy Little John bet. We'll discuss that more. Hoist the colors on a Friday. We will be right back. We're live with Steve and Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger! Now, back to Hoist the Colors. Welcome back in. Hoist the Colors on this Friday, February 23rd edition of the show. We have some business to attend to. We're also going to talk some NASCAR uh, to close the show, as well as some EA Sports College football. We'll discuss that shortly. Kaysen Romaley is also weighed in. To be fair, Kaysen says, Stephen told me I did need to go. To Schwartz. I did say that, Kaysen, but let's be clear. It's kind of like when your girlfriend tells you, like, I don't really need something for Valentine's Day. I'm still kind of, like, hoping you go, man, and uh, you let me down. Well, so, so now you're being complicated like a woman? Come on, Steven. <laughs> that, is, that is true. I really don't care. I'm just trying to add drama to the show, just like a woman tries to add drama to uh, relationships. All right. Let's not get into that on the air. The feminist will be canceling (laughs) us by the end of this show. All right, guys, let's 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 attend to important business. Joey football has to eat a shoe. I do, and uh, I see, (laughs) I see a shoe in front of him on the table. He said a couple of shows ago, heading to the Super Bowl, that if Little John appeared on the Usher halftime show, that he would eat his shoe. And it appears he is now going to follow through. Take it away, Joey. I hate Roger Goodell. He is a puppet. And uh, to Jets Nation, to Chiefs Kingdom, to anybody that isn't the Broncos or the Panthers, this is for you. He has picked up a shoe. He has now bit into the shoe. And it looks pretty stiff. He's got not, two shoes. It's not very easy to do this. And now he has just ripped off another piece of the shoe. I think I'm going to die if I keep doing this. I will say, there, there is so, cake inside the shoe that's, right. that's taming. I was about to say. Taming, the, the but he did get a bite of the actual top that's, of the shoe. That is an actual shoe. Yeah, so he's eating shoe and cake to get... Cake is kind of taming it. You can Joey have football. your cake and eat it too. Are you gonna, are you gonna drink anything? Are you gonna eat the whole thing? I think he needs to drink something. With now he's pouring coffee right. into this other shoe and he's drinking coffee out of the second shoe. Yep, that's how you pay off a bet. So I, I tell you what, you got to finish at least one of those shoes by the time we close today's show. That just that doesn't look that doesn't sound good. It doesn't look fun. good. But he is eating a it's, shoe. It's not fun. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening on our radio audience, please go back to our YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter page and watch Joey Football. About thirty seven minutes I mean, into the show, eating a shoe, please. He is having to break his teeth just to bite off a piece not, of the shoe. All right, so can we clarify here? What exactly, like, whose shoe is this? Uh, it's a kid's you, shoe where, from Walmart. Where did you make this? No, it's a kid's shoe from Walmart. Okay. 
I, I don't. My shoes and are expensive. There, I'm not wasting a shoe by eating it. And is there cake inside of it? There is cake inside of this one. Yes. This this one there is no cake that we poured the coffee into. This is just this is just a shoe. Where have we gone with this show? I remember when I go emailed me and DM me on Twitter in the summer. He was like, "Let's talk sports," and here I am eating a shoe. So, you did uh, this to yourself. I did. I'm just pointing out where this this show has gone. As he takes another bite of the shoe, I need to see. Can we can we see like a close up or hold the okay. shoe up on the yeah, reverse way I'll, to the camera? I'll just, just keep talking. Just don't hey, ask me to. There's I'll, the I'll, shoe. Yeah. Wow, and see, I mean, he's legitimately eating a shoe, guys. It's I not, expected this to just be. It's not extremely fun. I, I have to. Have, it's not. It's not. All right, I'm going to make you stop because I don't want you to die, yo. If we now have a close up, I mean, you can just hear him eating into the shoe. Yep. I think I should. Philip now getting uh, I think some camera work of it. I think you're done, man. Bet paid. I didn't expect you to actually eat a shoe. Bet paid. <laughs> Bet paid up, and I mean, you went above and beyond. I tell you what. Cheers. I may have given you a C minus for the Scorch performance, but I give you an A plus on following through on this bet. Oh, I mean, easy. this is uh, easy and A plus. Extra credit as well. So, like, maybe even. Kids, I tell you, if you go to school and get a four year degree, you too can eat a shoe on the radio. <laughs> I am an educated individual oh, eating a shoe. Would you get William done Landis center yourself on the other camera, please, so we'll we can do. go back to our two we'll shot? Buy, buy me a second. We gotta. William says, "Jesus, Joe, let me do this. punishment Here, serve. We'll, we'll go put back. That, put that, put that shoe away." So the crowd is, uh, gonna... crowd's into you, man. They they want you to put it away because I'm I'm honestly amazed. I don't even know how we can transition to EA Sports College Football for that. I feel like my mind is blown. I fully expected it to just be like a cookie cake shoe. Not an actual shoe. And he, my man just chowed down an actual shoe. I mean, are you going to be all right, dude? Uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll find out. It's going to be a 24-hour process. I, uh, yeah, I don't even know. I don't know what to say, man. Um, just thankful I didn't lose a tooth. How would you, how would you rate the, how would you rate the shoe on a scale of one to ten as far as, uh, edibleness, if it, that's a word? It was a new shoe, so at least the taste wasn't feet. So, that is true. Rex Ryan would have loved that. Uh, like a four out of ten, probably a four. <clears throat> okay. I mean, it just sounded disgusting. It wasn't enjoyable. I could hear it ripping. It was. It was not it was enjoyable. Just, uh, something. Philip, uh, I'm amazed, man. I don't. I don't really know where to take the show from from here. I mean, should we go ahead and take our final break so Joe can collect himself? Yeah, let's just that way we can go as long as we want on football. And if we have yeah, time for NASCAR, do we'll do it. If we don't, then we don't. Oh, we're doing NASCAR. All right. We're doing NASCAR. All right, we'll get our final break in. Joe may or may not be still alive on the other side. We will find out in about three minutes. We'll be right back. Everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in. My mind is still blown. Joseph Sampson just ate a shoe, a part of a shoe. I mean, if he would have ate the whole thing, he would legitimately be dead right now. Probably. Um, Pirate tough. But uh, you made it, man. Uh, all right, let's try and transition now. Wait, one one thing before we transition. Joe, what is yeah. your bet for next week? Next week, 
Pirates sweep UNC, and ECU beats Rice for their fourth straight conference win. I will do a shoey of Team Boneyard official vodka next Friday. So all that has to happen for it to happen. All that has to happen, yes. And if nothing happens, n- nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens, nothing happens. If ECU sweeps, okay, so. we'll do like a half shot out of a shoe, I guess. Or maybe we'll do two shots. Okay. Two shots for the double. If one happens, we'll do one shot. If none happens, nothing happens, obviously. Okay. I like gotcha. that. Shout, Shout out, out Team Boneyard. Team Boneyard. Oh, for- and Brett for the new vodka. And Brett. Visit Crush. Absolutely. I had some last night. It was delicious. Uh, check that out. Team Boneyard Vodka, along with the uh, orange flavored as well. All right, let's get into this discussion, guys. We've got about 10 minutes left. We'll start with EA Sports College Football. William Landon wants to know, who do we think will be the highest-rated player for ECU and NCAA 25? I'd say, what, if this is the same EA Sports crew that was putting together rosters from, like, NCAA 14, 13, there's no telling. It could be anybody. It could be, like, a walk-on, like Joey Football. Um, 99. I'm going to go with Savone Revel, though. I feel like he's the obvious pick. Although you got some other all-conference guys returning up front. What do you think, Joey? Uh, Part of me wants to go like D-line route. Maybe Big Tay or Elijah Morris. They've been consistent producers for the last four years. But Chase Soul makes a lot of sense. I think Bond will probably have the highest speed rating, but I think Soul will be the highest overall rating with his production and just like his catchability and things like that as far as the ratings go. Because way back when, Mike Evans was the highest-rated player on Texas A&M, even higher than Manziel before he was the 98 and 14. So, like, in 2013, it was Mike Evans on that team. Rajay is going to be, I'm like, gonna... using Bo Jackson on Tech Mobile. That's fair. <laughs> so you're going Bar- Rajay? I was going to go Chase, but Joe stole it, so I had to come up uh, with something else. That's fair also. I don't think the quarterbacks will be that high s- yet. Yeah. And two, like the problem is ECU's coming off a two-win season, so like their ratings are going to be very low compared to just from a perception standpoint. Yeah. But what we're going to do, guys, is sometime this summer, before we take our summer hiatus, is we are going to do our own projection ratings <laughs> for the entire ECU roster for EA Sports. How about that? All and right. And we'll do a better job than they did. Yeah. And you know what I'm most looking forward to in this game? I know I sent a little bit of text last night. I'm not going to go too long on it, but they have – they have NIL in this game, man. I want Hank in the game. They need to, like, when you <laughs> come to Team Boneyard and you're getting recruited by ECU, you need to meet with Hank. You need to sip some Team Boneyard vodka with Brett at Sup Dogs. And when you come into our station, you need, like, Jana greeting you at the door. You need Joey Football sitting in the corner eating his shoe. I mean, how cool would that be? You're getting recruited by ECU and Joey Football's eating his shoe. Michael is worried about some remote that's four months away as he like murmurs under his breath walking through the thing and then i need the i go P-Man. and i are in here doing a show with bobby harward i, I mean, need it would be the p-man in <laughs> yes. ncaa football 25 oh please give me the p-man i need the p-man give me the p-man like in dan like in a heated argument like next door while you're talking to while you're talking to hank i need the p-man they say if it's in the game it's in the game and look nil team boneyard is part of the game at ECU. It should be in the game. I want IBX Media in NCAA Football 25. All players must come to IBX Media to sign their Team <laughs> Boneyard contracts and then make an appearance on Hoist the Colors. 
You have to do that before you can play a game. Uh, <laughs> I like in, it. Uh, NCAA football, like the old uh, the old games where you need to go to class and pick a major. You have to go to IBX. Exactly. Yeah, I see. You know how like in like first person shooter games, like if you look at a guy, it gives you their name atop their head. I need all of our names. Me in the production room. I go there, and then Joey Perfect. just sitting in the corner eating a shoe while you're doing the interview with I go on air. I can't wait to see how much stuff is messed up in this game because it's going to be a lot. I can't there's wait to lose a four-star up. receiver to a Hellcat in another school. It's there's going to be there's going to be a lot of fun, but I'm, I bet you can nitpick so much stuff in this game with how much college football has changed over time. So, but looking forward to it. Glad it's back. Uh, we don't have a release date yet, right? Sometime in May, I think, is when the release date is out. Like they said, the announcement officially will be in May. Okay. So I assume for next so football like, season, actually release the. Okay. Like drop like it late in, summer. Yeah, late summer, August, maybe late July. Build up the hype. Looking forward to it. And uh, we will have a competitive dynasty, online dynasty. I don't know who's going to be in it, but I, I'm i going to create one for Hoist the Color. So it'll be a lot of fun. All right, quickly, guys, so we can get NASCAR in. Uh, as you guys made dynasties earlier or as you look towards 25, is there a team that you guys always picked? or used, or that you're looking forward to using in the new iteration of the game? We'll start with Joey Football. Uh, that is an easy statement. Rutgers. It's always been Rutgers. Death taxes, Rutgers money line. Uh, the Fighting Paisanos up in northern New Jersey, also basically northern Italy at that point. No, that Rutgers eats, sleeps, and breathes the Italians. So that is where I have hung my hat the last four years and remastered. I have also taken Arkansas State all the way to the top because Butch Jones couldn't. Uh, see you later, Butch. And then, obviously, the Pirates. I've won multiple national titles with the Pirates, but that's the obvious, as you can see it across my chest. Go Pirates. Pirates forever. Purple and gold. I feel like Rutgers has got to be the probably the worst team you could build a dynasty with. So uh, It's so fun. I guess have fun with that. It is. Uh, Phil, what about Sopranos you? Team. Well, obviously, got to do the Pirates. But the other team, when I was a kid, I was kind of on the Boise State bandwagon because, you know, Duke won like one game a year when I was a kid. So it was a little rough. Um, I want a playoff game on the Smurf turf with it snowing. So I think it'd be fun to finally get Boise State to where they should have been back in the early 2000s or the mid-2000s with Kellen Moore and Jared Zembrowski. They should have had a chance to play for a title, and they didn't because only two teams got to go. So they deserve it. Boise is a good pick. I so I used to. I mean, let's be honest. ECU is is such a great pick if you're like looking for a non power five team to build a dynasty with because great colors. Yeah. Great mascot. Great, great stadium. Like always. I was trying yeah, to say I mean, I always want like a, I think the yeah, shoes get I mean, me. like. <laughs> I want a uh, I want a team with a big stadium so that way when you quote unquote make it big. Like, you got big crowds. Like, you know, you can't do, like, Coastal Carolina and Charlotte and have a 15,000-seat stadium playing in the SEC. So, ECU was a good fit for that. Um, Low-key, fun team to build a dynasty with, UTEP. 50,000-seat stadium yeah. in the Sun Bowl. El Paso. Great stadium. Cool colors. Uh, cool mascot. I was a big UTEP guy. We actually did a Conference USA online dynasty on Hoist the Colors, and I built UTEP into a power powerhouse. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, so UTEP's a good one. Colorado State's a good one. I used to do Colorado, but uh, now I'm going to do Colorado State just so I can beat Dion every single year in the uh, the rivalry game. All right, NASCAR talk, guys. We've got about three minutes left. So, again, congrats to the great Philip Pilkington for William Byron 
One Daytona, he's still soaking it in, but it's time to move on, Philip. How is William Byron going to move on and uh, perform this weekend? Give us the early scouting report on what, Atlanta Super Speedway? Yeah. Motor Speedway? Yeah, so Atlanta got repaved two years ago into a Super Speedway. Since the repave, they've ran four races there. Two of them have been won by William Byron, so that's how he's going to bounce back, even though he got less some time this week because he was up partying in New York with the Harley J. Earl Trophy. But no, this is going to be a fun race. Um, for people who don't really like NASCAR, who usually only watch the Daytona 500, this will be much like that. Mm. However, it's a little harder to go from the back to the front because the track's not quite as wide, so I think there's a little more emphasis on qualifying this week. However, same thing. If anybody gets turned, it's wiping out 20 cars. There will constantly be a battle for the lead. It should be a good one. Yeah. What are you expecting, Joe? Any favorites? Uh, Chase Elliott is the one that comes to my mind, finished P5 or P4 in Daytona, considering how things played out in the wreck. I think he put together a pretty decent race. He pitted a little early. That's why he wound up middle of the pack and then kind of squirted through everything else when Joey Logano uh, got tossed into a wall. But, you know, it's one of those things where it is a supermotor speedway, but it's, it isn't wide. And Philip brought that up. This isn't Talladega where you can go three wide on the main straight. You're going to have to qualify, hold out, have good pitch strategy. The high cars are usually the ones that get blocked off by the low cars. So look for Chevy or Ford to kind of team up. The Toyotas like to run at the bottom of Atlanta in years past. So it'll be a lot of bump drafts. It won't be a lot of hard racing as far as that goes because of how the banks are and where the degree turn is. But it should be good. Looking at the odds, looks like Joey Logano is the betting favorite, nine to one odds, followed by Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Ryan Blaney, my yeah. boy, finishing uh, <laughs> did not finish last week, so tough start. Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, the top ten. What do we think, guys? Does Blaney have a shot to to bounce back this week? The odds like him. Do y'all like him? It's so tough from now. Like, as far as track conditions and everything else, it's yeah. so tough from now. Yeah, I don't know. I think I like Joey being the top odds because yeah. he's awesome for revenge. He was ticked last week. Well, he should have um, won. He should have, but he had the best car. Um, I, I think Blaney's got a good shot. Blaney's going to be up there. The good thing with him is even though he's ticked off at his teammates and they're ticked off at him, they might not help each other down the stretch. His uh, best friend since he's about four years old, Chase Elliott, is pretty good on this track too, and yeah. I can see those two teaming up and driving to the front. Shake and bake. I need a I need a solid Ryan Blaney performance. Not that I'll be a, able to be fully invested due to the UNC game on Sunday, but can't have like multiple DNFs did not finish to start the the Igo Blaney era. I know, well, the problem is some, they made back to back super speedway races to start the season. Know, yeah, that was bold. There, that's on the schedule makers, not on you. That was bold. And uh, next week is what Vegas mile and a half. Is just that, kind of an open track? Yeah, it's just straight yeah. speed. Kind of boring. Kind of boring. Not a but, ton of setup, just yeah. for it. Well, no, I think a huge setup. you got to have the car set up perfectly for this one. It's a big aero track. Yeah, but... Talent's going to prevail. I mean, talent's going to prevail, but it's, it's stock car <laughs> racing so much so. Like, you're not a ton of downforce. You're not in tight sets. True. All right, well, let's get through Atlanta first, guys. Can't look ahead. Can't look ahead so much. Uh, one week at a time. One game at a time. The Pirates are going to take it this weekend. Hopefully play tonight and take care of business in a big early weekend series. Joe, thanks for following through on your bet. Amen. I hope you survive the weekend, man. Don't need a shoe, kids. Don't do it, but I appreciate you doing it. All right. 
Thanks to Philip. Thanks to Joe. This has been Hoist the Colors. We'll talk to you Monday at 12 noon to recap the UNC series and the Pirates basketball game against Rice. See you then. Steven Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back Monday with more of Hoist the Colors on 943 the game.